Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's bi-weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and Co-Editor of PW Comics World. Hi, I'm Heidi McDonald. I'm also co-editor of PW Comics World. I'm also the graphic novel review editor for Publishers Weekly, as well as the editor-in-chief of The Beat, www.comicsbeat.com. And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm their podcast producer, and I write for both PWCW and The Beat. Okay, this week on More to Come, gay superheroes everywhere you look. Um, (laughs) Kickstarter projects in comics. Uh, Comic-Con right around the corner. And the news briefs. And uh, we'll have a few uh, upcoming books also at the end of the uh, broadcast. So, gay superheroes. Come out, come out, wherever you <laughs> yes, are. Yes, uh, they'll be coming out of phone booths and closets uh, <laughs> all over uh, the, the the big two. Yeah. There's a couple of, two separate stories. And I, 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 in my own opinion, I think this is a little bit of what happened. Uh, you know, Marvel has been teasing for months that they were yes. going to have a big wedding event in ah. uh, the, this week's uh, Astonishing X-Men number 50. And a lot of people suggested that it was going to be a gay wedding event. Uh, North Star and his boyfriend Kyle uh, looked like the likely, um, you know, nuptials. And, I mean, I don't know w- how the timing rolled out on it, but it just so happened that... When Marvel, well, let me back up. When Marvel yeah. does a big story, they get pretty major news coverage. Like when they oh, did yeah. their Rawhide Kid story, they had it on CNN, which for then was a big deal. You know, when they killed off a Spider-Man, it was in the Daily News. Same thing for Captain America. So by now we yeah. know Marvel's really good at the media rollout. So it just so happened that Dan DiDio <laughs> was at a convention the weekend before this big media rollout, and he happened to be asked by someone in the audience. That uh, about gay characters in the DC, and uh, he mentioned that a a already known character would soon be revealed to be gay, and this ignited a firestorm, especially when DC's official spokesperson said it would be a he and it would be an iconic character. Then the guessing game began. Yeah, including right up to this minute, but yeah. go on. <laughs> and the guessing game is always fun, but uh, more cynical souls are wondering whether this will be a character that anyone's really... That anybody gives a damn about. As I I put in my own coverage of this, we can rule out Batman right away since everyone knows he's gay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, Robin, or one of the Robins, and excuse me because my my continuity gets a little banged up. I know that one of the Robins has been presumed to be... Well, Kate, you're you're a a DCU expert. Give us the skinny. Give us the odds. Well, let's put it this way. According to Devin Grayson, who wrote Dick Grayson, a.k.a. Nightwing, a.k.a. formerly Robin, for a while, she was convinced that he was bisexual and Hmm. wrote him as such, although he never actually got it on with a guy, so he was more theoretically bisexual. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So it was was never officially true, (laughs) but she, she would have liked him to be bisexual and indeed wrote him as if he were. So that is one candidate. Um... A lot of people have always speculated about Tim Drake, formerly Robin, now Red Robin, for the fact that while he has dated many, many girls, he's always like, no, no, don't get too close to me, don't kiss me too much, no, I will not sleep with you, no. What a girl cooties. I see, Uh, I see. Uh, So, you know, maybe he's just really repressed, or, you know, maybe he's... There's been speculation. But, yeah, uh, people are sort of leaning more toward... Someone who probably will be the equivalent of what happened with Batwoman, 
where they're just going to take a character who no one's really seen much for so a long time. So, you know, when you come out of mothballs, you come out of the closet. So. <laughs> yes, well, that's, I guess that's hey, where most people very well keep for their mothballs, huh? That. Um, yeah, well, there you go. The speculation continues. Um, well, uh, uh, another uh, the, the, the candidate who's emerging probably at the top of the odds board this week is Alan Scott, who is, again, Kate, can you explain who Alan Scott <laughs> yes, is? Even for us hardcore um, comics veterans, well, this is your segment, a little Kate, fuzzy to me. Once upon a time, <sighs> Green Lantern had nothing to do with aliens, and instead was sort of vaguely magical. And he had a cape. <laughs> Sounds gay to me already. Yep. And, All right. <laughs> and he had a cloak with a collar that was almost as tall as his head. So he's created That's by Jim ah, Allen. The Scott. Golden Era. No, so he was the Golden Age. Green yes, Golden, golden Age. Age first published in the 40s, yeah. correct? Yes. And, yeah. and, I, and it was the Hal Jordan was the version that came along in the, the, the quickening in the early 60s, right? <laughs> yeah, he was the one who suddenly brought aliens into the picture. Yes, yes. And, and test pilots. And, yeah. <laughs> so, so, but okay. he's being reintroduced in Earth 2 next, so, next month. So why are the odds makers suspecting it's him? Yeah. Well, because Green Lantern isn't one of the big iconic characters uh, at DC and Alan Scott has been a Green Lantern. <laughs> yeah, right, you know. and, and, you know, it's and a weird kind of bait and switch sort of though. being brought back in a yeah. new book so he hasn't really been established. I think he appeared in three pages mm-hmm. last week and then he's coming out uh, excuse me, he's a reappearing uh, <laughs> in, a, in an issue next month. So I mean that's why I mean the signs point to yeah. uh, you know Signs point to Alan Scott, and and, and uh, the inside money is on him. But we'll we'll see, we'll see. You know, maybe it's a big surprise. I have to say that it's it's a good sign for the advance of gay visibility and gay rights that all the gay people I know are like North Star. He's Marvel's most boring gay character. <laughs> Who cares if he gets married? So dull married gay guy is we, basically what we're well, getting. We're, like, we've passed the like, point where it get, makes somebody gay well, to the point where we're picky picky about who well, we're going to marry. Well, he was already gay, but I mean, <laughs> basically, gonna come out he has been gay. described by his detractors as Namor from Canada who skis. <laughs> um, <laughs> make up this well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think it is kind of interesting because most of the time we're sitting here bashing Marvel and DC for their lack of diversity. Yeah. Now no, this is they're introducing them to diversity, yeah. and now we're just kind of snarky. Yeah, them, yes, so. yes, no, no, so. we're, we're all in favor of all the all diversity right. okay. guys. I think we, we like should, it, Yeah, I think we should make that clear. I think yes, we're, we're definitely in favor of it, but. But, we are know. also allowed to snark because yes, we are. Yes, but we're comics fans, fans yes, and yes. that's what we do. And I think a lot of the, uh, I think a lot of the cynicism this week was just. Uh, you know what? I, I have to say, I think a lot of the cynicism was knee jerk cynicism because, uh, like, DC didn't even really do PR. I mean, they dropped it at a convention, and Rich Johnston happened to pick it up and run with it. And the next thing you know, is on the Drudge Report. You know, so that was kind of like yeah. viral. At its yeah. best, and I, you know, I, as I pointed out this week, everybody's always complaining. Why doesn't comics do major media push? And now they're doing a major media push, and everyone's like, "Oh, well, look at them! They're doing a cynical major media push." So I, I, I think because uh, I'll just the 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 uh, North Star uh, wedding was announced on the View, so that was which well, is also is one by Disney. Well, that is kind of an unusual choice. Yes, it is. It's very unusual. Um. I, I would call it cynical. Yeah, um, I didn't. I didn't see it. Um, I mean, unless you're saying that they did it on the View because they couldn't get on GMA. I, I would not have called that cynical. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but I mean, I do think that part of the reason why people are sort of like, oh, okay, 
is because of projects like the Rawhide Kid or um, Bunker on Teen Titans, where, you know, very well-intentioned, well-meaning straight people wrote, like, wildly stereotyped, no one likes it at all, yeah, Bunker, bad attempts Bunker at writing Bunker has definitely been people. a little bit yeah. of a... a um, yeah, he can be rescued from, like horrible gay character obscurity but at the moment all he does is occasionally say something in Spanish wear a lot of purple and have a faux hawk <laughs> it could use some better writing is what I'm saying well anyway all no, right. no, uh, yeah. well no, on that you know, note as yes. the comics industry marches uh, proudly into a, more uh, a, more, a far more diverse uh, future we will no doubt return to this topic uh, yes, yes. at a later date indeed exactly alright uh, on to Kickstarter, which, uh, what was it, a few months back we did a story about? Is Well, we just talk about Kickstarter right? all the time. Is because Kickstarter, it's a rising I mean, I think our series. original story was, that is Kickstarter the number three uh, graphic no- novel publisher right. in the U.S.? Maybe yes, it's even yes. moving up. Well, it's like the number one indie publisher. Yeah, yeah it's the number yeah. one indie. Absolutely. No I mean, and it's amazing. Did anybody want to just well, go over I, I some just, of the... I, well, what I was uh, talking about, like, programs. of course we were, we've been, you know, we've gasped in awe as Womanthology made $100,000, yeah, exactly. and then we shrieked in awe, shrieked in amazement when Order of the Stick made $1,254,000, right. but, uh, my, what, uh, you know, Jake Parker's Antler Boy just uh, made uh, $85,000, um, you can look at the most funded here, um, I mean, that, so my whole point is, like, getting five figures for a comics Kickstarter project is really not all that unusual. It's, yes, that's uh, kind of, you're not There's, trying hard enough. No, I, I'm just going to read off. Well, quick, it's, it's oh, not ahead. unusual if you are an established name, but still it's quite well, I, impressive. Well, I, I think, Kate, what, I think what's well, interesting it's, it's, is that what people's ideas have established are. I yeah. mean, would you, have, we have sat here and said, oh yeah, well, Jake Parker, of course. But I mean, yes, if you're established within the comics community, you don't need mainstream success to do well in well, Kickstarter, I, I, I think, which is very good. Right, I, well, I think and you need you need a presence. You need a platform. I do think you need a presence online and a presence in social media. You, you but, need to be big with internet people. But yeah. I think what we're, what I'm getting at here is that what is mainstream? I mean, we're thinking that you know Bunker is mainstream. You know, Teen Titans still only pays you know sells twenty thousand copies yeah. a month. I mean, I, so yeah, well that's so, a lot as far as comics go. But but I'm just saying maybe you know like when we're maybe looking at the new mainstream, well, it's, it's not unusual in the mainstream comics industry, in my view, for it to be sort of looking to the wrong end of the telescope exactly. as about what's mainstream. For exactly. Uh, yes. You know, superhero comics are mainstream only here. It's a superhero mainstream. Yes. But I'm just I'm just trying to say that. But web comics are a whole other mainstream. They absolutely. are. Web comics absolutely. are completely. And Boy with Jake Parker is kids comics, you know, which are another mainstream. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so they are. So we're seeing what we're seeing okay. on on Kickstarter is 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 what might be actual, really, okay, actual the reestablishment of a of a rational mainstream yes. in comics. Yes. Okay. If you have been living under a rock, Kickstarter is an online platform through which people have about three months to attempt to market to an audience a uh, plan, be it uh, I want to publish this comic or I'm going to do this festival, and then um, people can pledge their financial support to this project and occasionally get wonderful premiums such as comic books back. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's the, uh, the public radio model of... Uh 
raising yes. funds. Yeah, so I, I guess, uh, you know, uh, Mark Andrew Smith, who's, his Kickstarter isn't even finished, but it's already way in the black, is uh, for a book called Sullivan Sluggers, yes. run by James Stokoe, who's an amazing artist out of Canada. I, I managed not to hear of this guy, so his, amazing, his success right. is... Well, you know, he was like... Uh, uh, he's done some books for Oni. He does work mm-hmm. stain for Image. I mean, he's part of the whole that whole kind of new fusion style, like Brandon Graham and Hammer mm. Share a Studio. How, I how much does he raise? How much uh, you know, I think it's already. Um, I'm not sure how much it is now, but uh, you know, I can look that up. But uh, I mean, it's it isn't finished yet. Yeah, it's right. already raised yeah. like sixty grand. So well, you know. I mean, even as a fan of Oni Comics, who follows him fairly closely, I managed to miss this guy. Right, so right, his right. great success is inspiring. Right, right, right. But anyway, so Mark Andrew Smith, who is the writer of the book. Um, has uh, okay. It's got twenty-two days to go. It's seven hundred forty-four percent funded. It's already raised forty-four thousand dollars. Its original goal was six thousand dollars. Okay, I mean it's wow. amazing. So, so he has put out a, uh, a sort of a manifesto talking about how creators need to be retailers now because when you do Kickstarter, you must mail uh, mail out this book. What he is doing is is printing a $30 hardcover edition of this book and then they're going to be mailing it out with t-shirts and mm-hmm. and, and all of the other premiums yes. that they offer you know, to entice you know people to to donate. So as you were saying earlier, I mean you really are turning yourself as an individual into a gigantic fulfillment. You're turning house. yourself kind of into Amazon, you yeah. know, because it's not even like you're just selling books. I mean a lot of these are you end up having lunch with your number one donor or you know you have to have tea with somebody or your friends have tea. So I so you know I mean again I I'm always the, the cynic although obviously Kickstarter is incredibly successful but um uh the order of the sticks uh, guy whose name I can't remember, which shows uh, Rich Burley. Rich Burley has been talking. If you follow his updates about how he's trying to find a printer that can print the note cards, and you know he he needs to hire mm. someone he, to help he, him do it. He probably should have figured out whether he can make his premiums or not before he offered his premiums. Yeah. But and, well, and also we learn as a reminder: all of the money raised at Kickstarter is tax taxable. Yeah, it is taxable. So, so it is. I mean, so, yeah, you have to take into account like tax yeah. as well as. Although, I mean, the way that some of these projects, I mean, the overages, I mean, people are going, I mean, way over, I mean, at least on some projects, I mean, they're not going five or $10,000 over no. what they, they're going because, huge numbers because over. Because people are not treating it as well they should not. They're not treating it like a charity because it's not. They're treating it like a web store. Yeah. If they want that comic right. and yeah, they exactly. want that yeah. t-shirt... Why? Why not buy it, even if it's already funded? And, and what it means is that the uh, 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 that the artists involved need to think, obviously, a little bit ahead and to make a plan for if how to budget their they, way. If they magically do manage to get past yeah. their budget, what are they going to do? With yeah. the rest? You know, it's not for the. Um, it's not for the fan of heart here. No, I and it's also yeah. not a get rich queen. No. You you you're, you can't go from having an idea to to a Kickstarter project. You really need a presence online. You really need to have an audience or as they say these days, a platform. Yeah. Well, you know, I just as a Oh, I'm sorry. Kate, I was going to say if you, you can, and I think some people have, 
who don't have a lot of presence yet have started with very small Kickstarters yeah, sure. as a mm-hmm. way to well, you know get their first project yeah. out Smith there. Smith wanted six thousand dollars. He's already got forty four thousand dollars. <laughs> yes, that's well, I mean, when I was thinking small, I was thinking more a few hundred dollars, but yeah. even so. Yeah. <laughs> um, and just as a I'm looking at some other more funded I mean video games have been funded to the tune of three million dollars. Yes, that's um, right, there is a video game. And yeah. uh, you know, music wise, uh, there's quite of uh, quite a few, you know, a lot I mean, of money has been yeah. that's yeah. as it should be. Yeah, I mean this yeah. is really I mean, uh, J- Josh Elder's uh, Reading with Pictures mm-hmm. project, $77,000. And that is, you know, and that is a non-profit yeah. organization. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously they have to deal with all that. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is a huge, huge, huge thing. I just, I think people, I think webcomicers are already ready to DIY. They're already used to living well, in their fulfillment house. So, Well, and, and this actually brings us around to kind of a... a, a you know, really kind of a, a zeitgeist issue in some ways. I mean, we're hearing from the comics community, from creators, how difficult it is, how the Internet giveth and the Internet taketh away, um, that it's time indeed for creators um, probably to be their own best publishers. Uh, Kickstarter is certainly one tool in this right. step. There are other ways uh, as well. I um, say, uh, we're sorry. seeing a real paradigm shift in how uh, individual artists make a living. Right. Although, interestingly... If you get your printing services through the internet or your t-shirt printing services through the internet or so on, you you could theoretically use your printer as your fulfillment house. Right. You can't do that with a lot of the print-on-demand houses. Um, that's probably, yeah. oh yes, you can. Well, as a matter you fact. know, yeah. somebody I was talking you to... You budget carefully, because that can right. be expensive. Right, no, you have to... On the print side, yeah. Yeah, you have to know how you're going to do it. But it's also, uh, as someone was suggesting to me the other day, uh, print-on-demand is going to become cheaper and cheaper. Oh, absolutely. And at some point, it's going to become completely competitive with traditional publishing. I mean... The technology gets better all the time. To give you an idea, I'm currently making a picture book with my grandmother Mm. because she wants... (laughs) You should put it on Kickstarter, Kate. Kate Starter. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe people will be interested in her book about her Basset Hounds. <laughs> I, uh, hello, Fred Look, Basset. There's an international market of Basset yeah, Hound lovers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> I suspect and they'd want to copy. we priced it out, and uh, we can get this picture book out there for like $5 a copy. No problem. Mm-hmm. Just on... Even with just a small num- small print run of like twenty books, yeah, right, right. Yeah, well, it's amazing and quality. The and quality yeah, of it quality. is it's huge. But, you know, color black and white, a little it's different, but still just yeah. as good. And you know, you can reach millions of people on the web, but you still don't feel like you've done it until you've done a real book that some your grandma could put on the shelf. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, uh, so I mean, this is an exciting time in comics. I mean, as as we see certain platforms, uh, you know, maybe you know becoming more and more difficult. I mean, in the prose book world, it's the same way. I mean, authors, even established authors, are finding it's harder and harder to, to get a, a book project published, even for publishers who have published them in the past, even for authors who have been on bestseller lists mm-hmm. in the past. Yeah. If you're not making a certain number, that, for instance, the typical publishers that they want to see, and you're seeing the same thing, you're seeing self-publishing, and you're seeing the use of the web for authors to work to directly to their readers and create opportunities to sell books directly to their readers. Well, and not only that, I mean, it's often been said that comics is a market that doesn't have a lot of market research. So, you know, a lot of editors may look at your idea, may not understand your audience, and will go, I don't see who would buy this. But you know who would buy this, and you know your audience. And now that you can skip your publisher if you have to, if you believe that audience is there, you can find out. That's right, that's right. 
So, you know, there's a new revolution every day. I mean, look at Fifty Shades of Grey. I mean, it's like every week something. Seriously. I was at Duane Reed, and they had a giant stack of them at the cash register. Right. It was great. Yeah. Well, it's 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 sold. It's selling at a rate that's really a, kind of unbelievable. But the fact is, I mean, a book like that is not, it's no new thing. No, well, what's not new. What's new is that it started as, I mean, I won't say self published it was a small published ebook. From like this, mm-hmm. like pocket press that's publishing maybe right. five books. Yeah. Right. I and mean, the fact that that publisher could be could on be a, that successful could, thanks yes. to Amazon.com, thanks but, to and, and, well, and, and thanks to social story. media, and yeah. not and, the fact that it's porn. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Hey, listen. You know, Rosemary Rogers and you know, yeah, that's yes. Scarlet. Yeah. X-rated Romero. novels are nothing new. Yeah, I mean, but yeah. but uh, self-publishing getting this big, this quickly. Yeah. And not even that is it. I mean, it's Zane. You know. Yeah. Zane started out basically writing his self-published erotica, you know, but, but sending it out by email. Yeah, but the thing is, I mean, that was the beginning of the whole mm-hmm. EE yeah. revolution, and now instead of having to spend as much time as Zane did building up a readership, yeah, to just go from like zero to something that happened very quickly, just yes, the viral nature. Absolutely. Of so anyway, there's, the there's we'll just be talking about yeah. this every week. Let's face it. So, yeah, hey, without yeah. a doubt. Yeah, this without is only doubt. this week's yeah. development. So. Yeah. All right. What's next on our list of harrowing contemporary topic, topics? <laughs> How about badges at Comic-Con? Well, the Comic-Con in general, it's creeping up on us so yes. soon. Holy shit. I better get my... Whoa, bleep. Uh, yes. I better get my... Uh, Plane ticket. Yeah, Calvin, did my, you get your plane ticket yet? Don't ask me questions like that. Uh-huh. Uh, some of us haven't gotten our confirmed press passes oh. from the San Diego Comic Con. Now, some of us have. Yes. But it's a little disturbing in the uh, this new era of. Uh, well, you know what? Let's talk about that. Yeah. Okay? Let's talk about what we know about. I, I wrote a post that was kind of running down where we were at with various things. So, like, you know, Pro Reg is finished. That opened and closed in nine days. And which is also unheard of. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure in the future, Pro Reg will close in nine hours and yeah. then nine minutes. I mean, it's like, it's just getting ridiculous. Well, hopefully they'll keep it open a little longer because they want to encourage more Well, pros. they do, they do. But I, I'm just saying, I, I could see a way that, uh, you know, pros become like another race to get your guest. Um, and uh, also, changes in ticketing. They're not going to have... Pre-reg off for 2013 on sale at the con this year. Last year, people got up at the crack of dawn to go over to the Hyatt and stand in line for six hours so they could buy tickets for next year. Because in the past, being at this year's show was a guarantee of being able to get tickets for next year's show. This Not is no longer the case. Anymore. Yeah. Yes. So uh, that's a big change. Now they've just announced. Uh, that badges, and this is really typical. I mean, this mm-hmm. is what we expected. You know, now they, I mean, this was sort of just a, a little kind of, hey, we're paying attention to this, or it's going to come. And now they w- might, they can stop you. And, uh, you know, I still want to make a joke here, but I'm not going to. They can stop you and ask for your ID, or they can ask to scan your badge, because they want to make sure that people. They have an RFID chip in the badges yes, this year. That's, yes, which I think they actually had them last year, but this year they're really implementing the technology. So basically, it's a very, you know, look at how many people want to go, and they're just making it a little bit more strict to get in because so many people want to go. Well, I, I will say, I was at New York Comic Con last year. Um, a couple times, I mean, I obviously had an official badge, but a couple times when I didn't have all of our booth badges in one place and I needed to get some of our booth workers in 
and then get them their bed. You know, so I had to smuggle people in the door in order right. to get them in legitimately. Right. Um, nobody noticed. Right. Yeah. Well, no, well just <laughs> FY your eye, I have heard that New York Comic Con is also going to be cracking down to the best of their ability. They don't, they don't have never been too strict. Well, yeah. I mean, there, and, there's a, And Lance I mean, has actually admitted that, you know, they don't try too hard. Well, from or, what or in the past. Well, I anyway. heard that this year they are going to be trying. Uh-huh. So well, just I mean, be, be aware, be alert. The I, world needs more alert. Trying, I think, in this case, even if they just check to see if you had a badge around your neck. Right. That would, that would be a big difference. Yes. Right. Yes, so yes, we're talking really... You, you see hordes of people just sort of walking in. People just in. sort of <laughs> press in like a yeah. herd. Yes. And yeah. the poor gate guards, I mean, I don't see how they could check anything because the herd just whooshes in. Yeah, and I, I said on Sunday last year, like, if you looked around, I would say maybe only two-thirds of the people even were wearing those. <laughs> so it so. really got a little ridiculous. So anyway, just getting back to San Diego with the, the press list... Uh, well, my understanding is that there will be final accounting as of Tuesday because I'm, for whatever reason, I'm on a separate kind of a press list and I have to get all my paperwork in by Tuesday. So I'm sure, Calvin, I'm sure you're going to get in. Well, I am well, too. Just let me know. I, I might have too, a badge. But, you know, I'm a worrier. <laughs> well, with San Diego Comic-Con, you have to be a worrier. Yeah. This is not something you can just wing it. And, and also, for those of us that have been going for many years, I mean, it's not really something that we tend to worry about. I mean, we worry about getting a plane ticket in a hotel. Mm-hmm. But we generally don't worry about whether or not we're going to get a press pass. Nobody even asks us. I mean, it, it, it's never been that way. But, you know, these are the new realities that we're facing at a show that's virtually under siege by people to, to get inside of it. And speaking of San Diego Comic Con under siege. Oh, yeah. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, the Walking Dead has decided that it's going to have what can only be described as a quasi theme park experience built in. I'm not really sure exactly where how they're going to fit this in. It's going to be in time. Petco Park, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's going to uh, be inside Petco Park. Inside yeah. Petco Park. Yes. Um, where they're going to have a 35 to 50 mi- minute Walking Dead experience where you have the choice of fleeing the Walking Dead through an obstacle course, possibly even being a member of the Walking Dead, or being a spectator if you prefer not to be chased by zombies and just want to watch the spectacle. So I guess you can just sit up in the bleachers. Um, right. They're they're currently uh, speculating that the price will range about seventy to ninety dollars to be chased by a zombie. Mm-hmm. They haven't announced the prices for no. being a zombie or watching a zombie yet. So um, <laughs> okay. should uh, be interesting. I know. I, I you know seventy dollars seems a little bit steep seems to a me. little over the top sh- to me. But hey, I don't know. Well, um, I mean, I guess maybe they feel like timing wise, there's a limit to how many people they can run through the obstacle. The course. running of the zombies. So they're, trying yeah. to, so, they're trying to squeeze as much profit. Yeah. Out of these zombies as they can. The liability insurance on this alone had to be enormous. (laughs) Not to mention the cost of setting it up and the cost of turning people into zombies. I imagine it will cost more to be a zombie than to be chased by zombies. That's my guess. I think so too. Just um, in makeup alone. Right. And then I imagine that they'll be charging a bit, well, far less, but still, to watch the whole spectacle. Well, Well, just notable to me also is that this is being put on by Robert Kirkman. This is, of course, an association, but it is, uh, you know, like copyright, skybound, or whatever. So, I mean, I I imagine AMC is involved, but, I mean, he's pretty much the main guy behind this. And, um, you know, hey... Hey, you know King why of the Zombies. Not? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um 
Well, anyway, we're going to sit here uh, waiting uh, impatiently for Comic-Con to arrive. Now to the briefs. To the briefs. Uh, a far less festive and more controversial day than uh, San Diego Comic-Con is Draw Muhammad Day, <laughs> which is okay. in its was in its third year on May 20th, where basically in protest of the death threats that cartoonists and animators have gotten for drawing or even attempting to draw Muhammad in their cartoons and comics. People everywhere will draw a cartoon of mm. Muhammad. Didn't an American cartoonist start this? Thing? Yeah. 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 Uh, um, actually, that's an interesting And ended up story. Yes. Having uh, an American cartoonist named Molly Norris mm. started Everybody Draw Muhammad Day. And now she has and, a fatwa against her. Yeah, yeah and now um, there are threats against her life and she's living somewhere else under a different name. Yeah. Thanks to the FBI. Yeah. Um, but that has not deterred people from taking part in Everybody Draw Muhammad Day. If anything, many people feel it proves its necessity. Um, and frequently, they don't actually even draw Muhammad. They just like draw like a paper cup with like eyes, nose, and beard and be like, Hey, is this coffee cup Muhammad? Har, har, har. Um, but, right. but this no year... No byline, but go on. <laughs> but this year, the Pakistani government is taking it very seriously... And someone, no one in the government will admit who, decided to shut down Twitter for the day because they didn't want everyone to Muhammad Day day to reach Pakistan. Um, interestingly, uh, there was so little communication on this subject that when interviewed by the press, uh, Interior Minister Remen Malik denied a number of times that there was any such ban or <laughs> until he actually checked Twitter and realized that it could not be accessed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, on a more cheerful note, the 2012 Glyph Awards have just yeah. been given out. Uh, the Glyph Awards are uh, comic awards for best comics featuring people of color in the United States. And Story of the Year, Best Female Character and Best Writer went to Princeless by Jeremy Whitley and M. Goodwin and their female character, Adrienne, who is a princess who does not require a prince. Mm -hmm. And uh, Best Male Character and Best Artist went to Ultimate Comic Spider-Man the uh, Miles Morales issues, there you go. written by Brian Michael Bendis and drawn by Sarah Pacelli, and um, the best cover went to Chu. Rising Star Award for self-publishing went to Whit Taylor for Watermelon, and best comic strip or webcomic went to Fungus Grotto by Shakya Hamilton. And as you know, uh, you said earlier, you, you you know you don't have to be a minority. To be in right. or to win this right. ca this You're, category, it's for characters, right? Yes, it's for you know books by or about well, minority characters. I thought that the Rising Star uh, Award was for someone who actually was. I'm not sure about that. They, they, right. They're a little bit vague sometimes on yeah. what some of the criteria were, but you know they're all good nominees. So yeah, yeah. let's all yeah, congratulate yeah. all the winners. Yeah, the, the Rising Star maybe, but I'm not entirely sure about that. Okay. Um, Something with far worse deal for rising creators was Platinum Studios, which, if you may remember, were the geniuses behind Cowboys vs. Aliens and any number of comics projects that sort of descended into a vault never to be published in the hopes that maybe perhaps they would magically turn into a movie. 
Um, well, platinum, unsurprisingly, stock has not done well. And now it has been delisted by the SEC because they didn't file uh, their financial papers with the SEC like they were supposed to. So all the people who have invested money in platinum stock, even at six cents a stock, have lost, basically. Well, you know, there might be a little bit more to this story, I'm hearing, because if you read some of the angry tirades by... Uh, platinum investors on their message boards. Apparently there was a lot of stuff going on with money being taken out from the stock as the company to pay for personal uh, personal amenities oh, interesting. of the perhaps the person who owns the company or you know who founded the company, Scott Mitchell Rosenberg and um, there is a litany of uh, grievances by shareholders. Let's put it that way. And uh, I hear, I heard, well, I heard that <laughs> we might be hearing more about this. Yeah, okay, Especially well, because he's hardly broke. I think she broke. wants to say more to come, but yes. go on. <laughs> hardly broke thanks to the fact that he was involved in the creation of Men in Black, and Men in Black 3 is coming out now. Yes, but uh, I would also caution that uh, we're not, like... Uh, we don't know how much he's we getting. We don't know. For instance... Uh, yeah, we don't know what kind of financial participation he might have in Men in Black 3. So, yeah. you know. It, it'll be interesting. All, there's, a, there's always been clouds and clouds of, of shenaniganistic... Uh, there's always isms. been clouds around yes. Rosenberg. Okay. Yes. It, it'll yes. be yeah. interesting to see uh, where these clouds happen to go in the near future. Yes, where they part. Yes, yes. Yeah, these right. unhappy investors. Yes. All right. And next. And uh, speaking of various financial shenanigans, um, China has long been known as a digital pirate haven and uh, indeed printed pirate haven, but they have taken the cake with a new level of comics and manga piracy. They are pirating an entire theme park based on one piece. It's sort of pirating pirates. Yes. Pirates pirating pirates. Yes. The coastal city of Defeng is constructing a pirated One Piece amusement park, which they are hoping to sneak by legally by claiming that they only say that it's called King of the Pirates, not mm -hmm. One Piece, <laughs> even though the comic is indeed called King of the Pirates in China. Um, we'll see how this goes. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing if not creative. But they're, they're budgeting uh, $76 million for this theme park. And apparently none of it is going to anyone who actually owns any Now let me just ask piece. you this. Would you go on a scary roller coaster at a pirate theme park? At a pirated pirate theme park? I would not. Mm. Yeah, I think there you go. I well, wouldn't either. There you go. Uh, unfortunately, we can't poll any of the Chinese public but yeah. <laughs> on that issue. Yes. Okay, moving right along. Uh, and that's it. And now we will go to books. Yes, very briefly. Uh, <coughs> There's a, a well, uh, Joe Sacco, the tremendous comics journalist, and Chris Hedges, a former New York Times work work, work correspondent. What, uh, they are, they have they've collaborated on a new book. It's kind of bringing together the two guys who basically spend their time walking around the devastated landscapes of foreign countries. Uh, they've decided, in fact, to actually do a little uh, um, uh, corresponding right here at home. And instead, they've turned their focus on devastated landscapes all across this country. But the devastation is really wrought by economics. It's what they put together is a book called Days of Destruction, 
Days of Revolt. It's coming out from um, Nation Books. Uh, it's a the Perseus imprint, if I is believe. Is it a graphic novel? It is a it is a collaboration between a, a prose journalist and a comics journalist, uh, Joe Sacco and Chris Hedges. So it is essentially alternates coverage coverage through five chapters. Uh, Chris Hedges sort of sets the scene uh, for these devastated uh, uh, communities around the country. Among them. Uh, and then Sacramento with comics journalism. Pine Ridge, South Dakota, Camden, New Jersey, Welch, West Virginia, and the Appalachian mining areas, uh, Emma Cayley, Florida. And it, and it ends up actually uh, at Liberty Square, Zuccotti Park here in New York. Basically, it's an indictment of the American economic system. Uh, starting in, the, in, in Hedges' narrative, really in the, in, uh, during the Indian Wars and Manifest Destiny, and looking at what American exceptionalism and American corporate mania uh, basically has done uh, economically across the country. Uh, it basically is looking at communities that are totally devastated from Indian reservations to coal mining communities uh, to the you know urban inner, inner cities. Uh, Hedges sets the scene. Sacco goes in and recreates the individual stories of the people they talk to in comics, moving and depressing. But uh, the, the final chapter, they try to see some hope on, on the horizon, and that hope for them is the Occupy uh, Wall Street movement. So um, uh, the book is coming out uh, in June. Uh, I think it pubs on June 12th. Uh, it's really a, a really tremendous collaboration by two really amazing journalists. Uh, and it's moving, and it, it'll be really interesting to see in this time of where we are starting to see some questioning of the American economic system. We'll see what kind of um, what kind of attention and what kinds of discussion this book is able to generate. It's a really powerful uh, work of journalism. Awesome. Right. Well, and I guess that wraps it up for this week. For yep. Next, but next time we're going to have a special episode. Yeah. A very special special. Yes. It's going to be. We're going to just really delve into the Jack Kirby. Okay, Who was he? What is he? Should we boycott? What are his rights? We're gonna definitely look at all that. There's been a lot written, so next we're gonna do all our reading and boning up, get our opinions. Okay, and we'll get our get our act together. Well, we we know basically who he is. He's the king of comics. He's the king of comics. All right, yes. yeah. Yeah. But, but more that, than that is more to come. All right, oh, yes. and so there'll be more to come on that. 